You are listening to Tales from the Trenches by Nicola Graham, a podcast focusing on all things business change related. Time to hand over to you, Nick. Hi guys, and welcome to today's video. I am Nicola Graham, business change consultant working at Simplified Change, and you are listening to my podcast, Tales from the Trenches of Change Management. I'm really keen to bring you my experiences within change management, um, and some of the things I've learned along the way, including some tips and tricks. So today I would like to talk to you about fear. Uh, what is fear and how we apply it, apply it within business change management and focus on what we call the, the fear curve or the, or, or the change curve. So first and foremost, let's talk about fear. Have you ever been in that situation where you have just you're just about to to do something whether that's um mandatory or optional whether you've chosen to do this or not you get that fear good example for you in my life is i decided once that i wanted to jump out of a plane i needed the adrenaline rush and i really wanted to see if i had the courage to do it and the night before i was due to jump out of the plane and even driving up to to, to the airport i was in a state, my hands were sweating, my whole body was sweating, um, I felt sick, I felt dizzy, I felt all of these different responses because I was scared stupid and I was scared stupid because I was, it was unknown territory, I didn't know what to expect. And actually, when I got into the plane and I went up and I jumped out, it was one of the best experiences of my life. It was incredible and it was nowhere near the fear that I had conjured up in my mind that, that had terrified me so much. The reality is the idea of something, the imagination of fear is a lot worse than the reality itself. So where does this come from? Why do we, why do we conjure up these images of fear? It's all thanks to a tiny almond-shaped cluster of nuclei, which is actually deep inside our brains. So it's a tiny little nodule, and it's called the amygdala. And if you've never heard of the amygdala before, it's also known as the fear center of the brain. And it also plays a key role in our emotional responses. Now, back, back, back in the old days, the idea of the amygdala was there to get us to react in the most important and relevant response to basically save our lives. So when we were naturally, uh, we had natural predators and we were hunted and, uh, and life was a lot more dangerous, i.e. we were cavemen and we had those saber-toothed tigers running at us, we needed our body to react and respond really quickly to what we imagined to be a very dangerous situation. So what would happen is when that, when you're, when, when you're, body sensed a change or a fear, then the, the amygdala would kick in and it would switch your responses, your emotional responses into actually four things, uh, four different responses. Now, many people will know the fight or flight response, but there's actually four. There is fight, which is about attacking. There is face, which is about defending. There's flight, which we know to be hiding or retreating. And then there's actually freeze, which is complete shutdown. It's all about compliance and you just basically freeze. So those, those are the fear responses that we were, we were given when we were created as a species. We actually do have that still today. 
And whilst it still serves us very well sometimes, the challenge that we have these days is our body doesn't recognize the difference between real fear and fake fear. It can't, it can't recognize when you're stressed at work or you're receiving something that's considered a change to you. It immediately kicks the amygdala in and you're back into those four responses. And that can be really, really tiring to have to go through for anybody. So as a change manager, how do we, how do we utilize that understanding of exactly what our fear responses are? What we do, or what I certainly do, is I apply it into a change curve or a fear curve. So I look at the different responses you have and I align it with the, the fear curve, which is different stages of grief. Now, grief is obviously, um, it, it resonates a specific meaning to it, but actually grief is grief of any kind. So any kind of change that we go through, which is every day we are going through a fear curve every single time. Now, the time that we spend in that fear curve can be very, very minuscule. It can be a, a split second thought and you've already switched yourself through the stages and you're actually over it. Or it can be a really, really, really long, long, long process for you. And that's obviously based on the extremity of the change. Obviously, if we're talking about grief in the sense of death, you tend to find that, that shock gives us a longer staged process compared to um, the, 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 the news has just told you something that you don't quite like. So when it comes to business change and looking at people's different responses, what, what do we do? How do we, how do we even start to apply this to business change management? Well, we break the change curve down into four stages. We start with stage one, original, and we look at the kind of response. Now, we weigh, we, we monitor the way somebody processes a change based on the impact. So they go through a stage of negative response and positive response. So in stage one, they tend to be still slightly in the positive area, but quickly degrade lower down into a negative stage. The state here, state here we refer to is called the status quo. The, the response, the amygdala response that you, that, that your brains will have at this point is the flight response. It's about hiding from it. The emotions that you start to feel in stage one is shock, denial, and anger. And the outcomes that you tend to do at this point is you tend to avoid it. You don't want to actually believe this is changing and you'll sabotage anything to avoid going through the change. So from a business change management perspective, from helping people transition, what do we need to do? What kind of support do we need to give people? The first and foremost is time to adjust. If you give somebody information at this point, and let them enable that ability to understand what's actually happening, it certainly helps them move to the next stage quicker. Lots of support and lots of communication. So this stage is very much about helping them understand what's happening, giving them the information they need and the support they need to adjust to the change. 
At this point, they actually enter into stage two, which puts them down into a very negative response. Stage two, we call the disruption stage. So they're very much in a fight mechanism now. They're ready to attack. They're ready to feel lots more anger and fear it. This is the point where you start going, I am terrified of this change. I don't want this to happen. It's making me very, very cross. And at this point, people start to insult or blame or mistreat. So in a business way, they will blame it on something else or somebody else. Oh, this is so-and-so that's, that, that's done this. They have no idea what it's like to be me. They have no idea how it feels to be in my role. Or actually, I'm not, I, I think this is rubbish. Quite frankly, everything is the way it should be and we don't need this change. Now, from a support perspective, what do we do? The most, most important thing that you can do in stage two, which by the way, is the, the worst stage for people to be in. It's the place where you want to try to adjust them as quick as possible out of. So the first and foremost is to make sure that you respond to any objections that people might have. This is ridiculous. Why are we even doing this? I'm quite happy with my systems the way they are. Okay, I understand that you're happy with them. I can see why you're happy with them because actually that works really, really well. However, do you realize that in this new system or this new change, these are the benefits to you. This is how it's going to actually support your role. The other thing that's really important here is to give them clear communication and support. And when I say about support, I mean that it's really important to, to calm their fears. So when people are in this disruptive stage, they are fearing all sorts. And half the time you won't even know what they're fearing. I've been in situations where I didn't even foresee that the fear that they were having was loss of job. <laughs> and actually, I quickly resolved that stage with them by pulling somebody in from HR to reassure them that this wasn't a case of us cutting jobs. It was a case of us looking more at statistics and analytics and helping automate some of the processes that processes that really need to be automated. And the moment that you that you have responded to that objection, people start to calm down about the idea that, that they start to embrace a new part, a new stage, a new part of their of their change curve. The other thing so is very much listening and watching very carefully during the stage because it people are very volatile at, at this point. When we talk about the action being attack, it is attack, it is anger, it's fear. And when people are angry and fearful, they tend to, to they tend to be a, a lot more irrational than their usual behaviours. So do make sure that you're listening and watching out at these points and giving them that clear communication. At some point, you will start shifting them and you'll shift them into stage three, which is now where the change curve starts to curve up into a positive way. Stage three is known as exploration. It's one of my favorite stages. Now, somebody's response at this point is to freeze. Hmm, it's to freeze. And the action is all about compliance. So actually what happens is their emotions start looking at shutting down and acceptance. They've gone through this ragey stage two where they're fearful and angry and they've exhausted all of their defensiveness. 
at that point they just get exhausted if i'm honest you start going okay fine it's happening can't do anything about it i'll just go along with it so then actually towards the end of stage three what people start to do is they start to justify and rationalize the change okay right so i've had this problem it's been responded to in this way i'm just going to take a moment take a deep breath get my energy back and actually that's not so bad i quite like the idea of that or that system being automated saves me having to do all those emails the support that we give people in this especially as their acceptance begins to grow is time and lots of training because people will then start they'll, they'll begin to want to explore something they'll want to explore the change and therefore give them that time that they need for the change if it's a system change then physically give them something to play with or demonstrate the system to them give them lots of positive reinforcement when they when they, when they're working through something about the product that, they, that they've obviously acknowledged or the change that they've acknowledged and ensure that you're helping and supporting that all the way through then you move on to stage four stage four is the real rebuilding stages it's a really nice stage to be in because all of a sudden you start seeing these people that have gone through such an exhausting emotional journey for themselves start to go you know what i'm going to face this that's going to be my response on this one and i'm actually not going to just def i'm not just going to face this i'm going to start to defend it i'm beginning to like this change so much that i feel connected and i feel committed to it and therefore I'm going to preserve and mitigate this change. So what kind of support do we need to give these people in this stage? Lots of focus on this area. Make sure that you are celebrating successes, leading them, using them as examples. Give them that lead by example and praise them. Because what happens is whilst you're in stage four from a business change perspective, you're also in a really good place for best practice in the future. So somebody who's not had to change much, let's talk about, uh, uh, let's stereotype for a moment, dare I. Um, let's talk about somebody that perhaps has done a very, very similar job over 10 years. And then you're turning up to that person and you're telling them that that, that job that they've done for 10 years is going to change in a way. They are going to go through a really tough time embracing that transition compared to say somebody who changes, changes their job description every six months. Somebody who does that, they're a lot more agile, they're a lot more fluid in, in their approach and a lot less fearful of the unknown. Whereas somebody who's done the same thing for 10 years, they're going to be a lot more fearful. So in this 10 year colleague of yours that you're now in stage four with and you're rebuilding that, if you are rewarding just how awesome they were going through that change and how, how brilliant they've embraced the system, if you then present them with a different change coming their way, they're gonna be a lot more willing and eager to change. They're going to recognize earlier on that actually it's not so bad when you go through it, i.e., they're gonna recognize that jumping out of the plane really wasn't that bad after all, and they'll be a lot less scared the next time. So that's the change curve. I hope you found that useful today. We do have diagrams uh, on our website, so if you want to um, 
look at look at the pretty pictures, do go ahead and have a look at our simplifiedchange.co.uk website where there's lots more information about this. Our next podcast is going to be focusing on change players. So this is now ensuring we talk about change players and how you can use the change curve to recognize change players along with other telltale signs, but also how you can help those change players through their support. So until the next time, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. This is Nicola. Take care. Bye.